morning, everybody. It's lovely to see you all, and thank you for joining us at Thomas Risley this morning, the 3rd of January 2021. Um, Dave Thurston speaking this morning, um, Heather and Brian are doing the readings, Collins on prayers, and Brian and Pam will be in the prayer room after the service if you want to join them. Please keep yourself on mute, apart from the grace at the end when we'll all join together. Um, we start with a prayer. Let's pray. Hello, God. We meet you in prayer this morning to thank you for all the blessings this Christmas and New Year have given us. We praise you, Lord. As we begin a new year, we ask Holy Spirit that you bless us and strengthen us to become more Christ-like. Be with us, Jesus, as we meet this morning in our worship Bible readings and prayers. Bless Dave as he speaks to us and may our time together bless us today and in the coming week. Amen. Thank you and uh, good morning. Um, I've just realised I haven't switched the heating on in here so I'm absolutely frozen. So um, whilst I do that we're going to have our first song um, which is Light of the World. Here I am to worship.
Right, and uh, now it's the Bennett family who are going to bring us the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Forever and ever. Amen. I'm experiencing, uh, I'm expecting a full symphony orchestra for birthdays, Helen. No, unfortunately, it's me and Andrew. <laughs> so, any birthdays over the Christmas holidays or in the coming week, everybody? <laughs> we know one. And they're not putting the hand up, but that's okay, Lee Rogers, we know it's you. We did it last week. We don't need Will it again. You? Really? Okay, fair enough. We get out of it then. <laughs> oh, excellent. Brilliant. <laughs> So we're going to have a couple of readings to start with. Um, The first one from John, um, a very, very slightly different um, range of verses than is in the lectionary. Um, And the second one from Psalm 147, again, a slightly different range of verses from the lectionary. Um, So uh, to start with, Heather um, giving us John 1. John chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. The Word became flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, 
and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came into what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. verses 1 to 9. Praise for God's care for Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God, for he is gracious and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars. He gives them all. He He gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the downtrodden. He casts out the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make melody to our God in the lyre. He covers the heavens with clouds, prepares rain for the earth, makes grass grow in the hills. He gives to the animals their food and to the young ravens when they cry. Thank you. And we will have another reading um, a little bit later on, um, slightly unusual one. Um, So uh, last week I said that some people um, time their Sunday roast based on the length of the sermon. Um, So I hope you've got your microwaves ready. Many of us stayed up on the 31st of December to welcome in the new year. But if you think about it, it's probably the only occasion when we mark the passing of 12 midnight Otherwise, it sort of drifts past until you eventually go to bed. In Japan, they recognise this and continue to count the hours of the day past 24. Anyway, up to 30 to show you're still in the same day. So if you get up really early, it's 4am. If you go back and go to bed really late, it might be 28 hours. Anyway. We're at that point in the church calendar today. We've finished 2020, but because we haven't had the covenant service, which really marks the beginning of the new church year, we're in kind of month 13. That's surely a moment to look back and to look forward, back to 2020 and forward to 2021. Just over 160 years ago, 
Charles Dickens, my favourite author, published what was to become one of his most famous novels, A Tale of Two Cities. And it seems as though the opening paragraph gives us a great opportunity to look back and to look forward. He wrote, It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was an era of belief. It was the era of unbelief. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. We had everything before us. We had nothing before us. We were all going direct to heaven. We're all going direct the other way. So I thought we'd just think about each of those for a moment. It was the best of times. How could anyone really think that 2020 was the best of times? We'll come on to the reasons why it might be thought of as the worst of times, but the best of times? Let's think not only of those in the front line of the emergency services and research who've worked through the year, but how our faith has guided us through this time as well. In so many ways, sharing our faith has been more difficult and caring for more difficult and caring for one another. Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. Well, it's difficult to have a quick chat or be spontaneous on Zoom, um, which is, after all, something designed for business meetings. However, we are here as a church. That's not the building, by the way. Unable to meet in our own building since, well, since Edna Cutts and a small group of Christians met in the offices at Risley. And without that small group, we wouldn't have a church building. We wouldn't be meeting here today. What lives have been changed due to Thomas Risley being here? Even though it's tough at the moment, it's exciting to think about what God will do in this area when we can all meet again. As a church, we aren't perfect. We weren't when we met together in a church building. But in different ways, we're protecting each other by following the rules, creating support bubbles, delivering food parcels, continuing to meet with worship. Surely, that's the best of times. By the way, if you need inspiration, watch It's a Wonderful World with that new actor, James Stewart. That's right. I'm sure he'll go far. It was the worst of times. Well, where do you start? 31st of December 2019, WHO were told about a new disease, which seems to have started from a food market in a city I'd never heard of, but turned out to be bigger than London. Over a million lives lost. Tens of millions of cases. 
Some of us have experienced the disease firsthand. Many of us know individuals who've become ill and recovered, and some who've sadly died. My mum's in hospital, and like many others, we can't go and see her. For others who've lost loved ones, many can't even go to the funeral. In our second reading, Psalm 147, look at verse 3. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. That's not only the reading for today, but it's also one of the readings that's included by the Gideons in their famous Bibles under the heading Depression. It was an age of wisdom. Well, surely the development of the number of vaccines is a triumph for wisdom and knowledge and science. And some people think of science as being in competition with faith. The idea known as the God of gaps. Faith, goes the argument, is all about filling in the bits that science hasn't discovered I'm certain in my own mind that the reason that I believe in Jesus Christ and whilst I know that some very people um, isn't because I didn't want to read textbooks and whilst I know some very clever people who are atheist I also know some including one who has not one but two PhDs and a very clear and firm faith. Being a Christian isn't about not understanding the world around us. It's about loving one another and marvelling at God's creation. In the Reformation, a number of books were removed from what we now know as the Catholic Bible. In our tradition, we call this group the Apocrypha, And it's a long and detailed sermon, which someone else can write, as to why these books aren't part of our tradition. They are, as a result, unfamiliar, and sometimes a bit off the wall. Bell and the Dragon spring to mind. But given that the URC lectionary suggested a reading from the Book of Wisdom, then why not? Just before Rachel reads this, wisdom might not be what we would call wisdom in our tradition. Rachel? The reading is from Wisdom chapter 10, verses 15 to 21. Wisdom led the Israelites out of Egypt. A holy people and blameless race, wisdom delivered from a nation of oppressors. She entered the soul of a servant of the Lord and withstood dread kings with wonders and signs. She gave to holy people the reward of their labours. She guided them along a marvellous way and became a shelter to them by day and a starry flame through the night. She brought them over the Red Sea and led them through deep waters. But she drowned their enemies and cast them up from the depths of the sea. Therefore the righteous plundered the ungodly. They sang hymns, O Lord, to your holy name, and praised with one accord your defending hand. For wisdom opened the mouths of those who were mute, 
and may the tongues of infants speak clearly. Hmm. I wonder what you think wisdom might be. It was the age of foolishness. Well, we've had plenty of foolishness, haven't we? People protesting that they had to wear a face covering to help prevent someone else getting COVID, suggesting that you put a bright light inside your lung or inject yourself with bleach. Jesus talks about wisdom and foolishness. Look at Matthew 7, 24 to 29, and then try not to sing, the wise man built his house upon a rock. That is an earworm, which is now going to go round and round in your head. But what was the foolishness here? Jesus says, everyone who hears these words and does not put them into practice is like the foolish man. The Salvation Army has long taken the view that this means going out into the streets and caring for the homeless. But I've met many Salvationists who say that in doing so much practical work, they can lose sight of the spirituality of faith. Prayer is vital. Practical action is vital. Both are better. It was an era of belief. It was an era of unbelief. So often now society says that we are self-sufficient, that there's no need for Jesus in your life because it's up to you. We're surrounded by what I think are now termed influencers or national treasures who support this. Stephen Fry, who happens to be the chair of the Humanist Society, Brian Cox, David Attenborough, all of whom will tell you in their own way that unbelief is the only logical path for your life. Unsurprisingly, this is a very old and very well-worn path. And in the book of James, we have the answer. James 1, 1 to 6. Greetings, it says. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work, that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. Well, I think it's fairly common knowledge that Jesus probably wasn't born on the 25th of December. However, there was a pagan festival of light around the winter equinox and the Christian church has done as has done on a number of occasions, co-opted it, this festival of light, and made it the birthday of the light of the world. We have Christmas trees, Christmas lights to reflect this mixed tradition. It's not a criticism, but an observation that this year I've heard 
more about light in the darkness rather than perhaps the Christian meaning of Christmas. It was the spring of hope. As we collectively stand here at the beginning of the new year, we've no idea what 2021 will bring. Based on 2020, I'm glad we can't predict the future. Who would have, what would you have thought if you knew what 2020 would bring? We can only hope through a vaccine that will reduce the illness spreading, ultimately enabling us to return to something like normal. But it's worth thinking about what we've gained during 2020. Perhaps what's changed in our walk with God and not simply discard it once normality returns. It was the winter of despair. There was some concern. This year, Christmas might be cancelled and vague references to the Puritans. Let me explain. The Puritans, whose core beliefs weren't all that different from the Reformed tradition that we belong to, but perhaps a bit more extreme than we are now, had put into law that everyone had to fast on the last Wednesday of the month as a time of prayer and renewal. Rarely now, on occasions, people still fast. Always consult your doctor before you do so. But... At that time, it was a national requirement in law. Well, in 1644, the last Wednesday of December was the 25th, and this caused a bit of a problem, because in the 1600s, they knew how to party. We sing about the 12 days of Christmas now, but by the 28th of December, people think Christmas is over, and they're just looking forward to New Year, but... Blimey, in the 1600s, they took those 12 days of Christmas really seriously with drinking and eating and a bit more drinking and a bit more and dancing and so on. So on the 25th of December, 1644, came a clash of cultures. Party versus fast. And the fast one. And that's how Cromwell was blamed for cancelling Christmas. But did he? Well, when all of our Christmas celebrations gradually shrank from a normal Christmas, drinking and eating, dancing, to five days, to one day, then for many, Christmas had been cancelled. However, it was no more cancelled than 1644. Because Christmas isn't about all those things. It's about the celebration of a world-changing event the birth of Jesus Christ. We had everything before us. We had nothing before us. Which do we have? We honestly don't know. But Jesus assures us that he is with us. That if we hold on to him and listen carefully, then we'll be able to contend with anything that the world throws at us. That's not to say that being a Christian is a silver bullet to a trouble-free life. No, but with him, we can face these problems in his strength. We were all going direct to heaven. An abbot of a monastery told me the following story. He said 
he was about to undertake the wedding at a monastery and the mother of the bride was an evangelical Christian. At the wedding rehearsal, she bounded up to the abbot and said in an excited tone, isn't it wonderful to be saved? And the abbot was taken aback. What do you mean? The mother looked puzzled. You've accepted Jesus into your life, so you're saved. And waiting for the glory of life eternal in heaven. Well, said the abbot, whether I get to heaven is dependent on my passage through purgatory, during which those I have left behind will petition through prayer on my behalf, unless I'm declared a saint, by which I've performed two documented miracles, in which case I do go straight to heaven. The mother looked perplexed, a bit deflated, and went on her way. And more with the mother on this. If you welcome Jesus into your heart, you're saved. We were all going direct the other way. Some time ago, I preached on what heaven and hell might be like. A bit like who goes the other way, I have no idea. I'm sure we could look across the 20th century and have some strong candidates, but guessing is harder than guessing your 2020 A-level results. We must rely on faith and a just God. Last week, I suggested that this week's sermon would be like a microwave meal, over in three minutes. But I hope it was more like chicken nuggets, Small pieces of odd shapes, but all with the same scepter. Amen. Now, Colin Burrows is going to bring us prayers for the local community and the wider world. Shall we just pray together? Father God, we just want to thank you for who you are. We want to thank you, Lord, that you have an undying love for us that never ends and that will be there all the time, sometimes even when we don't feel it. We want to thank you, Lord, that you know our needs. We want to thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to us because you will always be there. You will always be at our side. Father, this morning we bring our prayers for our community and our world before you. We have a world, Lord, that is struggling to cope with the illnesses and the sicknesses and the disease that are travelling through it. COVID-19 is the latest one. Prior to that, there have been various different diseases that have gone through, Lord. And Father, we just need to keep putting our trust in you. At this time, Lord, COVID-19 is taking over the world, or it seems to be. Everybody is ducking and weaving and trying to cope with the effects of it. Countries don't know how to deal with it. The vaccines seem to come out, or they have just come out, and everybody is putting their trust in them. People need to put their trust in you. Father, don't let us lose our way. 
We are your people. We are your children. Don't let us lose your, the way that we are, are supposed to live our lives. Help us to be the people that we need to be. Help us to be the strength and support for people who are in need. Help us to always be there like you are there for us. Father, there's so much confusion in our country at the moment. We pray for wisdom for our leaders. We pray, Lord, that you will be with our politicians, that they will make the right decisions, that you'll be, Lord, with the scientists who advise them, that they will support them. And, Lord, we pray for the people who have to do the work at the end, the nurses, the government themselves, the scientists, travel in industries like railways and buses and taxis and teachers, Lord, support industries, ministers, all these people who have to carry on working through this time. And there are loads of other industries besides that. The stress, the pressure that each person has to deal with. We pray, Lord, that they'll never forget that they're not alone, that you are with them. Help the decisions that we make, Lord, be the right ones. Father, Lord, each each one of us knows people who have been affected by COVID. People who've had it. People who are trying to recover. People who still got it. People who have sadly passed away. Father, we lift them before you. We lift them, their families and their friends before you. We pray for people who are in hospital at the moment, struggling, Lord. We pray for for people who go into hospital, hospital, hospital with one complaint, only to catch COVID because there are so many people in there with it. We just pray, Lord, that you are supporting us, that you are strengthening us, and that you are in those situations. On top of that, Lord, the trade industry, trade industry in our world has just changed. We've just left the European Union and. Who knows what's going to happen in the next 12 months? And it just seems, Lord, that we work from one worry to another, that we bounce from one situation to another situation. Lord, I just pray that you're in them all. I just pray for your wisdom, for your guidance, for your leadership. Father, we are your children. And everything we do, we want to do for you. Father, give us that strength that can only come from you. Give us that wisdom that can only come from you. And let us be the support and the people that you want us to be. Bless this year ahead and everything that we do in it. In Jesus' name, amen. So next week, as I said, uh, is the Covenant service. And one of the things that we will be undoubtedly going through is the Creed. And I thought it was a great opportunity um, to sing that at the moment. This, I believe, um, is our next song.
song choice brilliant to see us into the coming week so if you would all unmute we're gonna say the grace together are we ready 
May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen.